TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio. Brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Well, I struggle with if it's actually day number two or day number three from here at the NFL Scouting Combine because it got kicked off on Monday for us in the Buffalo local media. We had a bit of a little exception to have Sean McDermott early because he had meetings all week. They were literally vacuuming the floor here while we were talking with him at the podium. And then yesterday was the official start of the NFL Combine. So it's kind of like day 2.5 here on the floor of the Indianapolis Convention Center. Welcome in. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Sal Capaccio here and Zach Jones once again back in our Amherst studio. So Zach, day number, like I said, two and a half, and things start to shift now here. So let me just kind of set up the scenario and the scene for everybody. For the last couple of days, it's been coaches and GMs speaking. Today, defensive linemen and linebackers, the players start getting to going today. So now we're seeing a lot more of a groundswell of media kind of converge here because you're not just, you don't just get the beat reporters now. You get all the draft people now getting in on the floor. I mean, this, this is actually why we all showed up. It's not the media gets to all hang out with the coaches and GMs. Now we get to hear <laughs> from the kids. But I, like now we're, we're seeing guys like Chop Robinson, Tavondre Sweat, they're all going to be speaking. Yep. I, think, I think our Wayne's today as well. Yeah, I think, see, they'll go by position, and basically defensive line and linebacker are today to be doing their speaking and their weigh-ins, and then they'll do on-field stuff tomorrow. So what happens is while the positions show up, one day it's speaking and weigh-ins, the next day it's on-field stuff. It's kind of like a, a prize fight, right? You get together mm-hmm. for the weigh-in and you, you do all the media stuff and then you wind up fighting a little while later. So that's what's happening. You're right, Sweat. Let me look at the board here, actually. Sweat, I think, is about to go here. Yep, he is going to be at podium number one. I'm sorry, group one. Let's see. Just reading this in real time. Podium four. Supposed to start at 10 o'clock, but that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So he literally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see Sweat. He's going to be probably about 30 feet from where I'm standing right now, to be quite honest with you. So that's what it's like around here. As I said yesterday, you're just kind of walking around, talking to people, and that's what we're going to do again today. Um, scheduled to talk with Brandon Kristall from Denver, covers the Broncos. He's supposed to make his way over here to chat with us a little bit later in this hour. Teron Davenport, Titans, ESPN Nation, uh, covering them. I just spoke with him. He's going to 
try to make his way here after he hears a couple of these defensive linemen speak. And then we've also already caught up with Vinny Bon Sr. for Raider Nation Radio. So we got a jam-packed Extra Point show for you today. Zach, what I want to start with those to rewind to yesterday because we learned some things from Brandon Bean or maybe we just kind of had confirmation of things. And there were, of course, a lot of things he didn't really elaborate too much on. But one player that I'm really thinking a lot about today is Tredavious White. Now, I asked him about the rehab of Matt Milano and Tredavious White. He said they're both rehabbing you know, really hard. They're attacking it. They've both primarily been in Buffalo. I think um, you know, Matt's gone down to Florida a couple times as well. But they've been in Buffalo rehabbing hard. I also followed up with, like, how do you balance Tredavious White's cap number, his two injuries, his age, and knowing the kind of person he is and wanting him on the team? And I feel today, like I have over the last few weeks, which is, I think Tredavious White's on the Bills next year. I don't know if it's at a $16 million cap hit. I don't know how they do that. I do not agree with some of the sentiment that they're going to move on from him. I don't think the Bills want to do that with Tredavious White. I don't think so either, especially like you brought it up there too, like the kind of person he is around the community with the team. He's been one of their leaders really from the word go. He's, he's Sean McDermott's first draft pick. They traded and backed and, and they got him, and that's kind of the whole Patrick Mahomes trade situation. But – I wonder, because Brandon Bean, when he first started talking, he said he was like actively smiling when he heard that the cap was now $255 mm-hmm. million. They were doing, what, I think tests at like 240-ish areas. So they were prepared for much lower. I wonder if a part of him smiling was realizing they n- did not have to go down that road or they did not have to have deep conversations about, do we move on from Trey? Instead, now it could be more of a, let's just rework his contract. We, we, he can be on the bills. He can still be here rather than the much you know, sadder and, and maybe more kind of just cold-blooded approach of the business, which is he just may not have to be here anymore. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with that, which is the part about maybe being able to do some things they didn't think they'd be able to do with the money that they kind of found. By the way, how, how crazy is that? I mean, I don't know how much money you've ever found in your pocket, but Brandon Bean just found $10 million yesterday in his pocket. I mean, or this week or a couple weeks ago, I should say, because you're right, he did say... They were budgeting in the 240s. So you think about that, that's a good $10 million they didn't really expect to have. Now, I don't know if that impacts Tredavious White specifically, but I do think it impacts the roster how they may say, okay, maybe we have a few extra for A.J. Epinesa or Daquan Jones or Gabe Davis. I know a lot of fans don't want to hear that necessarily. They just want to kind of move on from one or more of those guys, but... Maybe that's what happens. Maybe it's less restructuring. That's where Tredavious comes into play. Because on him, when I say the kind of person he is, yes, everything he means to this organization, the community for sure. But one thing that he talked about yesterday was when you are a guy like Tredavious White and they know the character and DNA, he's going to rehab harder. He's going to hit it harder. He's passionate. He wants to get back. You know in your own life, Zach, you probably have people you could point out and say, well, this person's going to try a little harder than the other person, and I would trust that person to get back a little quicker. That's the way the Bills feel about Tredavious White. Now, I don't know if Tredavious White's ever going to get back to being an all-pro, much less a starter, whatever level. I don't know. But I don't know if the Bills do either, but I think they're at least optimistic that he can still be a starting cornerback in this league, if not more. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I think that's the thing, though, is partially as a fan, too, you're, you're waiting with bated breath because it did feel like right before the Achilles injury, he was just getting back to like what we had seen, and it was like, all right, here we go. We've got Trey White back, and there was and it, that, that game, the Miami game, was so important because they come off that 70-point performance. You're, ta- you're taking them on. There was such a big high, 
and equally such a big low when he went down. I, Trey has been one of my favorite Bills of my lifetime. I would hate to see him go. I hope he's able to rehab more. But and, and Bulldog talks a lot about this in the afternoon too. Him being so candid about his recovery process from the torn ACL has always kind mm-hmm. of left a spot in me of like, you forget just how difficult of an injury it is to come back from. And it, and it, I don't want to say it scares me a little bit, but it always makes me wonder what's going through his mind for his career long term. Like I, I do wonder if he's had conversations with the Bills about I don't want to say retiring, but you know something along those lines where he even kind of knows, yeah, it may not be, you know, that guy anymore. I, it's it, the Trey White situation is so fascinating because I think that they're good at cornerback, but a lot of it does hinge on like where Trey White is. Rasul Douglas will not be a free agent this year, but he only has one year left in his deal. He's actually older than Tredavious White, maybe a good year and a half older, I think, if I remember correctly. But either way, he's been pretty healthy, obviously. He's not going through the same situation. But you have to kind of look at him and say, for what he did for this team, would they want to maybe even extend him? He's got one year left on his deal. If you extend him out, you can lower that cap number. I think the corner position is very interesting. Andy B's. I want to talk about safeties today as well. But the corner position is interesting because you have Tredavious White situation up in the air. You have Rasul Douglas, who I think you're rock solid on. You just maybe if you want to move some money in some capacity. And then you have Christian Benford, who I think had a heck of a year for the Buffalo Bills last year in his second season. And the other question mark, though, where all of this is going to flow from is Kyrie Elam. What do you get from Kyrie Elam? And I think Tredavious' answer and Kyrie's answer which is the question of what you're going to get from them, what can they be for different circumstances, will impact how you feel about the rest of the position, including Christian Benford, including Rasul Douglas, and including the safety position. That's what makes this offseason so interesting for that position, DB overall, because there are a couple of different guys where no matter what the answer is on them, Zach, it's going to impact how you treat the rest of the roster. Oh, absolutely. And... We always bring it up to, or at least we see it on Twitter, just like some people bring up the idea that maybe Christian Benford be, uh, can be converted to a safety. I mm-hmm. know when he was first picked out of Villanova, that was a big question mark of could that happen. I, I want to see the Bills resign Russell Douglas. He was a real big linchpin for that defense. Kind of an under-the-radar trade uh, on the deadline. And looking back on it, the Packers wouldn't have made that trade. I remember that was like my big takeaway that day is Packer Packer fans being so mad that like one of their yeah. key pieces on their defense was going. And at the time, it seemed like the Packers were doing so because they thought, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. Let's just go into a soft rebuild here. Like, let's just get ready for next year and let love kind of, you know, mature a little bit more. And then he exploded and, and he becomes the quarterback we all saw in the playoffs. And so now, like, looking back on it, the Packers probably don't make that move. I think the Bills did get a little bit of a steal there just because I don't think he would have been on the market at all if the Packers had any sort of foresight. Right now joining me is ESPN Nation reporter for the Tennessee Titans, Teron Davenport. My man, what's up? How are you? Hey, everything's good, man. This is football heaven. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We had a chance to catch up the other night because you were actually here for Sean McDermott's yeah. press conference. I thought that was interesting. Fans might want to know, why would a Tennessee guy want to talk to Sean McDermott? Why would you want to talk to the Buffalo Bills coach when you don't really have to be here? Yeah, well, I'm doing a story on the quarterback position and how teams interviewed guys and got it right. And I really like what he said about the body language and how he saw that in in Josh Allen, and it was something that stood out. So I'm asking different ones. And Sean McDermott, his his, uh, high school, North Penn High School, my younger brother went there. I got PHI, so yeah. Well, you don't have to... You know, you're not going to have a team drafting a quarterback in the Titans. They're pretty set with Will Levis, right? 
Yeah, Will Levis is pretty much the guy they moved up to get him, and you look at what they gave up. It's it's pretty substantial, you know, to move up into the the about thirty third pick, the second pick in in the uh, second round. So. What did you learn from people you've talked to about the process of picking a franchise quarterback? Uh, there's a lot about the personality and the just the approach, the the willingness to take on that role of being the franchise, the face of the franchise, the way that you have to understand how you impact everyone on the team, like your actions, your body language again, and just the way you carry yourself. It, it's the team kind of rides with you up and down. And that's the main thing that, that I learned from, from these guys. And they also learned that some of them actually use personality tests, you know, to see how that guy will match their core values of their franchise. Pretty interesting stuff. All right. A lot of changes coming for the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, Mike Vrabel is out. Brian Callahan is in. Obviously, the quarterback, they figure they're pretty set on, but the roster's going to change. Derrick Henry, that as well. What's this transition been like, and how different will it be going from Mike Vrabel to another regime? Yeah, it's been interesting because you have just this mindset. Like, you know, you think of Mike Vrabel, you think of the bully, you think of Derrick Henry, you think of that physical style of an off offense. They're going to get a little bit away from that and go more to a passing style. Brian Callahan and this staff, you know, they're more about modernizing the offensive approach. So it's going to be interesting seeing how that works. That means, you know, a lot of these receivers that you're going to be talking to the next couple of days are going to have to be on their target because the Titans have a big lack of receivers. And you look on the flip side of it, as far as defensively, the DBs, I mean, there's a lack of DBs there. They have to get basically just faster as a team and get more impact players they have you could count on one hand you know game changers uh, that they have and then obviously Derrick Henry's situation himself he's been such a great titan for so long is he just definitely not going to be in a titan uniform next year I hate to say definitely and you you look at what Rand Carthon said you know he said that you know they had a really good conversation leaving and they're in a position where when it's time to talk to Derek and his people, they're going to do that. Derek Henry after the Jaguars game, which was his best game of the year, by the way, you know, at 30 years old, a buck 53 against the Jaguars, second in the league in rushing. He feels he has a lot left, but he says specifically that his goal is to win a Super Bowl. Ideally, it would be to bring one to, to the Titans. I don't know if that's happening in the next couple of years, but he said, you know, wherever he has to go and whatever he has to do to do that, that's what may uh, that's where he's going to go. So, yeah, the, the Ravens become a team that makes sense. We, we have seen teams with a lot of cap space approach it different ways where you can just be aggressive and say, we're going to compete now. Yeah. We have a division. Maybe we can you know, do some things. We like our quarterback. And we've also seen teams said, let's take the slower approach a couple of years. What are the Titans going to do with all this cap space and where they are? Yeah, it's from what I've been told, it's going to be very calculated. It's not going to be reckless spending. They have positional values at, at, at different different spots but the thing is when you're the titans and you know you look at buffalo like that's an attractive destination for free agents you know hey i want to go play on a team that i know is going to score points because of josh allen you know what i mean it's not the same for the titans so they do have to overpay to an extent they understand that but it's like i said it's not going to be reckless there's a lot of roster holes that they have to fill but i think they're going to do it with the approach of hey you know what we want to win a super bowl next year we is Meaning, like, I'm not saying we as part of them because I'm not. I got you. But, like, they, they want to win a Super Bowl, and they're going to approach it that way. But I think they're going to approach it with the, hey, we know it's a building process. So. And then finally, 
the AFC South, some young quarterbacks now. Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, what he did, and of course Trevor Lawrence, who I think actually had a pretty good year last year. Maybe hasn't reached the ceiling they want, but what's it going to be like competing in that division for the next several years? Yeah, I mean, it's you got a bunch of young quarterbacks, and they're hoping that Will Levis is a guy that could be on that same level, and it's really going to be about making sure that your pass defense is, is top-notch, and I think in getting Denar Wilson, a, a guy who you know was part of the Ravens uh, secondary last year that was really good two years ago with the Eagles. They were top pass defense. Having him in, in, in the D.C. role is going to help them. Hey, man, always great catching up. Thank you so much. For sure. Great catching up with you, man. And Tehran is one of these uh, guys. A lot of bald guys out here. We, 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 we share a same barber out here in, the, in Indianapolis. Thanks a lot, my man. You got it. That is Tehran Davenport, ESPN Nation, Tennessee Titans reporter. Yeah, how about that division, right, with all those young quarterbacks? And now they got Will Levis there, who they're pretty set on. And they should be, obviously, Zach. He did some nice things last year. They don't, they're not looking for a quarterback this year. Will Levis is such a vibe. Like I, I, like he just kind of throws himself at just the mercy of NFL defenses. But like I can understand why fans would really kind of rally around him. He came in his first game. I think he had four touchdown passes and just kind of lit it up, throwing the ball deep. I kind of like Levis. I I didn't love him coming out of Kentucky. Just I, I thought there was a little bit too many warts for for me to kind of gravitate towards him. But I can totally understand why Titans fans are liking him, and and personally, Sal, I really like that the Titans are kind of leaning into a full rebuild. I like Mike Rabel, but I do I do respect a team that is willing to just hit the reset button completely rather than kind of doing a Pittsburgh Steelers and just trying to hang right. on desperately to a 500 record. Yeah, I mean, same thing. We just had Jeremy had <clears throat> Matthew Collar on yesterday. I saw Matthew out last night, and we were talking about this very same thing with the Minnesota Vikings. His point is... They're just always going to try to win, even if they don't have a roster that's conducive to winning, which puts you in a position to not really get bad enough for a quarterback. We've lived that life. Now, look, I, I, I'm not Mr. Tank guy, right? I mean, I'm not, let's go to the bottom all the time. But I absolutely understand and think there's a point to you do have to, at some point, be able to pick high enough to get one of these quarterbacks. And if not, then you have to trade to be able to get up there. But if you're always trying to spin your wheels and win, and I love that, I love that philosophy. But you also have to know who you are, right? You have to know who you are. You know, in the Titans' case, let's go back to them for a second. The division isn't super daunting. I know what they have in C.J. Stroud in Houston and what Jacksonville, Jacksonville was supposed to be. And Anthony Richardson there, but this is not the strongest division in the NFL. If the Titans want to go out and be super aggressive, they could compete in that division. I just think what he said is probably right. It's probably better. They, I think they have $90 million, by the way, Zach. Mm -hmm. $90 million mm -hmm. to spend to be calculated and kind of take the slower approach is probably the more prudent way for that organization to go. Oh, 100%. And I, I do kind of like what the AFC South is looking at. I, I like to make jokes at their expense, but they all mm -hmm. seem to be – they have their young quarterbacks in place or seemingly in place. You have teams like the Titans, even Houston, have a ton of cap space that they can kind of work with. I think Indy does as well. And it's just, it, it kind of seems like all the teams are somewhat moving in like the same direction, relatively the same time. Jacksonville did take a step back, but I also think, I, I, I agree with you, Sal. Trevor Lawrence, looking back at his season, that poor guy suffered a lot of drops from his wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Good passes just didn't end up getting caught. And so, yeah, like the AFC South is, is sort of moving in a fun direction. And so now it is like, all right, be smart, be patient, don't kind of you know, press the accelerator down too early because that's when you couldn't get you, you can get yourself into trouble you, you get yourself you know cap strung way too soon way too early you're not a great team yet and yeah even like a team like Houston we heard it yesterday with John Harris they've got to now play a first you know play schedule so they could take a step back yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Hey, I, I know you and I both love C.J. Stroud. W- what do you think about Anthony Richardson? I just I want to see him healthy, Sal. I really do because I think there's so much there for him. I think Shane Steichen as an offensive mind is a wizard. Mm-hmm. But he's got to stay healthy because in the moments when he's on the field, you were like, I see something. There's something there. He, he did he did make some wild plays. Right, He reminded me a little bit of Josh rookie year mm-hmm. a couple times mm-hmm. before he got hurt. And I know it wasn't a huge sample size, but even in preseason. But I, I agree with that. But if he does stay healthy, I mean, he still has to grow a little bit as far as a, you know, a, a passer. But, boy, he's got all the athletic traits you look for off the charts. Absolutely. Do want to have some breaking news here uh, regarding okay. the AFC West, and it's the Chiefs. Two things. They have released Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That's going to clear up about $12 million in cap space. And then Jordan Schultz here just a few minutes ago from Bleach Report is saying that the Chiefs are placing the franchise tag on LeJarius Sneed. This was somewhat reported yesterday that they may look yep. for a trade now, but it does appear that the Chiefs will be placing the franchise tag on Sneed. Okay, so Legereus Sneed is a really heck of a player, but as it was reported by, I think, Jeremy Fowler yesterday, they will possibly look to see if a team is, you know, interested in trading. Mm -hmm. You do a a tag-and-trade type of deal there, and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You know, that's a team that we talk about their receivers, lack of receivers, inconsistent receivers. They are going to be, to me, in the wide receiver market, much like the Buffalo Bills are through this free agency and draft process this year. I wonder if they're in a spot. We, we talk a lot about what, about it with the Bills about being so desperate for wide receiver talent. Really, after Diggs, it's it's a huge question mark now. I I wonder if the Chiefs feel more desperate, or Chiefs fans even feel more desperate because they've actually gone to the draft well. They've tried to get you know high end draft capital into wide receivers, and it's worked somewhat well with Rasheed Rice. We'll see what he is, you know, long term. Really bottomed out with Sky Moore and Travis Kelsey for much of this year, looked like a guy that had one foot in retirement really until the playoffs. And now their defense is coming due to be paid. Chris Jones, that was almost a question mark coming into this year. Ultimately, they get a somewhat deal done to kind of have him play this year. But now that's up mm-hmm. in the air. Sneed, it, it seems more like we're heading towards a trade more than anything else of him being on that team next year. Sure, they have Trent McDuffie. But to me, it almost wonders if the Chiefs are, are going to kind of almost have to do a 180 again where they lean towards offense. And if, if a guy like Adonai Mitchell is is there at 32 or even a Troy Franklin or Brian Thomas Jr., I really could see the Chiefs just being like, nope, we, we've got to go wide receiver. We've got to keep going to that well because this year, Sal, we talked about it a lot. Mahomes was not bad by any means. Obviously, we saw in the playoffs so many drops, so many bad Mental mistakes by wide receivers. I mean, Kadarius Tony kind of became the main character there, but they're a team. I'm, I'm, I am stunned they won the Super Bowl sale. When you look about them, the whole off, the whole regular season, <laughs> it seemed like they could just not get it done. They ended up doing it, but eventually, luck kind of runs out. Teams will start playing you. I don't want to say correctly, but they will stop playing with with you with fear because they're going to want to give you your best shot because you keep winning. And I do wonder if that might be coming due soon, and and they need to go to that wide receiver well again. It's interesting talking about tags and trades. Did you did you hear what the Bengals said about T. Higgins? Did you, I don't know if you, the difference in the way they talk from last year to this year, which is apparently last year, I believe, and I read this for, I think Joe Goodberry or someone else had written, last year when it came to T. Higgins going to last year of his deal, and there was talk about trading, and I think someone in the organization said, go find yourself your own wide receiver. Like, go find your own wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not touching T. Higgins, right? This year, the tone is... A little bit different, where it seems like, and I don't remember the exact wording, but they basically left the door open to tag and trade T. Higgins. And I wouldn't be surprised. I do not see the Bengals paying Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. 
I don't either. And and maybe that's me having the bias of the ownership kind of like you know they yes, don't pay anybody. That that's that that wait, that's the way it's been over years and they mm-hmm. finally did pay Burrow, but we don't know yet until they pay the other guys. I also wonder with the Burrow thing, they may have realized be like, we may have a really bad situation on our hands if we don't pay the quarterback. Like we'll make more money yes. if he's here. But I I think it's partially that for me, and then also I wonder just you know, because the NFL and really professional sports is such a year by year basis. He had a down year, dealt with injuries. You know, down year was partially due to the fact that he had a backup quarterback for much of the year. Injuries you can't really avoid. And I wonder now if they're just sitting there going, "We'll we'll we'll, we'll draft somebody else." You know, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And and I, somewhat to the extent of the wide receiver renaissance that I talk about in college coming to the NFL, I can understand that. But if you have the chance to keep a T. Higgins and keep a Jamar Chase with your already elite quarterback in Joe Burrow, I have a tough time not doing that, Sal. I, I really, really do. I know it's you're putting a lot of cap space into like three guys, mm-hmm. but it would be a really tough sell for me to not want to do that. I mean, if they could, to me, if you could find a team to give you a first round pick for T. Higgins, don't you do that? I, that that would be that would be what, what you does get it a for rookie you. contract. Yeah. First round pick. I don't know. I just feel like you're going to have to pay him a lot. Franchise tag is a lot of money already. Mm-hmm. Probably going to have to pay him something, you know, north of that when it comes time for an extension. Um, it's going to be an interesting situation for them, the Cincinnati Bengals, and of course Joe Burrow recovering from his wrist injury as well. All right, we'll take a timeout from here at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Scheduled to hear from Brandon Cristal. He should be joining me here when he gets into the convention center room. We are here uh, on the podium floor. And then also, Vinny Bonsignor of Raider Nation Radio. Already caught up with him, so we're going to play that for you as well here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones, coming at you live from Indianapolis. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Zach Jones here. Do want to let you know that you can join the Amherst Gaelic League for their 50th annual Irish Person of the Year party, celebrating the voice of the Bills, John Murphy, Friday, March 8th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Stolat Bar. 
and entertainment includes music by the Restless Souls, Irish Dancers, the Gordon Highlanders, and more. Ticket and details under events at AmherstIrish.com. Hey, back here in Indianapolis, live from the NFL Scouting Combine. One of my favorite people to talk to year-round because we can talk football, we can talk hockey, we can talk anything with my man, college basketball, Brandon Kristall, KOA Endeavor. Good to see you, buddy. Great to see you, yeah. I was tracking that avalanche game last night. They needed a bounce-back win, go, uh, you know, just to get off the schneid, two losses, including a home loss, which they have very few of, and they kind of kicked the crap out of the Stars 5-1, so it was cool to see that. Hey, listen, man, um, this combine thing is getting pretty big. How, how many years you been here? I was trying to do the math on it. The first one I came to was 12 years ago, whenever Andrew Luck, uh, so it was 2012 draft, right? Andrew Luck, RG3, and everything was over in the Dome. And then you talk to guys like Peter King or Jeff Legwald, who covered all of these, even though Peter's not here this year. And it used to just be wandering around the hotels, and nobody had press conferences. So to see where it was even a decade ago, where 12 years ago, we didn't know who was coming when. We'd get like a heads up, hey, Andrew Luck's coming in the next half hour. And you would just kind of get up from the working area and go to the podium, and there'd be Andrew Luck. RG3 went at the exact same time as Dave Caldwell, the head coach of the, I don't say it's Dave Caldwell, one of the, one of the not Dave Caldwell, one of those coaches from the uh, Jags. And it was like two people looking at the head coach of the Jags, and a hundred people uh, checking out RG3. So it's, it continues to get bigger. It's made for TV. It's good for media. Plenty of people tell you they don't want to be here. Some head coaches have stopped coming. The Rams don't have hardly anyone here. It's, uh, it's interesting to see the way teams approach it. But, like, you know, I talked with uh, some folks at the Broncos, and Sean Payton just wants to get in front of a guy. You know, he, in fact, he actually even said, kind of in passing, he doesn't want to see Tutu Atwell walk in after the draft and realize he's only 5'9", 180 pounds. And then Sean Payton, obviously, he's here speaking as well. What What is the storyline? What are you guys hoping to learn as far as the Broncos are, are concerned and Sean Payton? Well, I think we've learned it. It's just a, it feels like a formality and what do the mechanics look like. But Russell Wilson is going to be released within the next couple of weeks. George Payton, the GM, yesterday was on the podium right after Sean and said we haven't received any calls about Russ. And, and while sometimes you don't always believe a GM or a coach or somebody in personnel when they say something, that's not the case this time. I believe that none of the teams are offering any compensation. They'll wait for Russell Wilson to hit the market. I don't know how robust it'll be, but we might see more teams than you think interested in paying Russ a million, two to come in. And you look at a team like Pittsburgh, maybe Atlanta, where his wife's from. If Atlanta doesn't love these quarterbacks but likes a lot of their roster, Zach Robinson is actually a kid from Denver, but you know he's been with the Rams. Offense, he's going to run. Arthur Smith in Pittsburgh with those fast receivers, the running backs, certainly Mike Tomlin in a culture of winning there, defense that's ready-made. Those make sense to me. And then I was talking with somebody yesterday, too. The Broncos are going to owe him $39 million or whatever, minus if it's minus a million, okay, $38 million. If you put a contract in front of Russell Wilson and say, hey, we're going to sign you to league minimum, but here's a half million if you lead the league in passing, or half million touchdowns, half million Pro Bowl, half million All-Pro. You can put all these incentives or a million, whatever, win the division, win a playoff game, go to the Super Bowl. That comes out of the, the team that's signing him. That comes out of their pot. It doesn't offset what the Broncos owe him because it's performance-based. So that's probably a more attractive contract that you could put out there, even if you did it for two years, right, and say, hey, for two years we're going to give you this with all of these while the Broncos are still paying you. Talking with Brandon Kristall, KOA Radio in Denver. All right, the two names that Bills fans could possibly still be interested in, but you tell me if it's just the ship has sailed or if maybe teams should be interested. Cortland Sutton, Sutton Jerry Judy, what's their situations? 
I know they really like Cortland Sutton, and Cortland wants to be in Denver, and that was expressed, I think, by Cortland publicly, privately. Jerry Judy straight up told us at his locker right before the trade deadline where it's been multiple years of his name in a in a trade rumor and several, you know, the ideas of trades, I guess. He goes, I don't care where I am. He goes, if I'm here, great. If I'm not, fine. <laughs> and it's not that he doesn't like Denver or like his teammates. Jerry's an interesting kid. I think he's pretty smart. People don't necessarily see that with how he maybe communicates, but talking to football people, they say he picks everything up really quickly. His frustration is that whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's Russell Wilson or Jarrett Stidham, there's plenty of film out there of him running open, getting open and not getting the ball. And there's also times where the ball hits him in the hands and he doesn't drag his toe in the back of the end zone or he doesn't make a contested catch down the sideline on what would have been a huge game earlier this year. But it feels like if they can get anything reasonable, like you're not trading Jerry Judy for a fifth unless you get to draft day and you're like, we just want some more ammo. But if it's a third and a fifth, which was, I think, lower than what I, th- I think the Packers offered, maybe a third, maybe they offered a second and a fourth. I-, I can't swear. And maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was a third and a fifth. But you can get something close to that or even a fourth and something. You're probably moving on. With Sutton, they're probably looking to restructure. And then also in that receiver room, Tim Patrick, who they love, who's now been hurt two years in a row and has made $20 million to not play. He tears his knee a year ago. And then almost a year to the day, tears his Achilles in training camp. He's the guy that they say is really the Pied Piper in there. For as loud as Cortland is as a captain and all that uh, that you see in front of the camera, that they really follow Tim's toughness and, and his grit and the way he approaches things. They're not paying him $10 million to play this year, so it's do they restructure, do they just straight up cut him and bring him back. But the wide receiver room will look different, and they want to get Marvin Mims more involved, which is why I think they're encouraged or in, uh, enthusiastic about trying to move Judy so that they can play Mims more. The Bills signed K.J. Hamler to a reserve futures contract. What happened with him in Denver after being such a high pick? His knee kept failing him in his hip. and he, When he hurt his leg two years ago, it was more than just his knee. It was his knee and his hip, and it was multiple knee injuries. If Bills fans liked Isaiah McKenzie, the flashes you saw, K.J. Hamler's 2.0 of that. K.J. is really fast, really smart. His teammates love him. You'll love talking to him in the media. In the media. You know, last year when he came off the injury and he was talking to us last spring, he gave as revealing a press conference as you'll ever see where he lost his grandma, who was essentially his rock. He didn't say it was his mom because he's like, she was, you know, she was it for him. As he's going through that rehab by himself, he said he was in a really dark place and said he contemplated suicide. And for an athlete to stand on a podium and for people that he knows in passing, but you don't want to pretend like any of us were his great friends, for him to, to be that open and honest, I think says a lot about who he is, and he talked about talking to people and getting the help that he needed and all of that. And I think he's the type of guy that's great in a locker room. You know, he's then hurt again working out in the offseason, and, and the Broncos release him with the intent of when he's healthy bringing him back, and he, I think he just wanted a fresh start. But if he can get on the field, there's a dynamic playmaker there just waiting to get out, waiting to have that opportunity. And with what the, the Bills have around him, especially if the receiving core at the top doesn't change much, I think he'll slide in real nicely. Circle it back to the combine here. What are you looking at? What are the Broncos looking at in the draft? Well, every year to make the combine fun, you want to have quarterbacks worth talking about. And I think last year we did to some degree, certainly some interest with Stroud and Richardson. What would Bryce Young be? This year it feels like that's heightened even more because of Caleb Williams. And then the debate about Drake May and Jaden Daniels, that's going to be louder than the Caleb Williams debate. But you talk to some people, and I heard this going back early in the season, that they maybe liked May more than Williams, or they didn't like Williams as much as other people do. You hear that the Broncos like J.J. McCarthy, and maybe part of it is they're talking themselves into that, or the idea that he's got a lot of upside. He's only 21, 
And also the notion, if he did end up in Denver, and they're currently picking 12, they probably have to slide up a little bit just to secure him. The, you know, the idea that Sean Payton doesn't like rookie QBs, well, when you have Drew Brees for 15, 16 years, where are you going to sneak a rookie into play? So I, I think if they were to draft a J.J. McCarthy, I don't think he would be the the day one starter guaranteed where it's like, let's go. But the intent is obviously to get him going as quickly as possible. So because the Broncos are certainly in the quarterback market, and if they were to sign Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, even Gardner Minshew to go with Jarrett Stidham, that doesn't excite anyone in Broncos country. It's just about getting that young quarterback and, and not forcing it. And if it's Bo Nix, is that, uh, do you trust that that's the guy? Maybe. You know, I've had scouts tell me he's good until things break down. And it's like, well... Everybody's good until things break down. If I have a clean pocket and plenty of time, I can probably complete a couple passes too. It's the NFL is about when it breaks down, how do you handle it? And obviously, you guys have a great one there in Buffalo. That I was told by some people really close to it that John John Elway really wanted to pull the trigger on Josh Allen and just didn't, even though he re, he really really liked him. They scouted the heck out of him. Whereas you know, uh, even though John wasn't at his pro day, he was at a game. He was at the bowl game. He went and watched him practice during the season. That people don't realize. And then they didn't pull the trigger, and obviously Bills fans are, are all the better for it. And Josh is in a great situation. Who knows if they would have had the patience to develop him the way Brian Dayball and, and Sean and the Bills obviously did. But I think it's, you know, it's a long way to, to get back to. For me and with the Broncos, it's more fun when a draft has quarterbacks to talk about and the fact that they're in that conversation. We're next year after Shadur Sanders, who's right up the road from us in Boulder, is certainly going to be at the top of the list and is right now. If you believe these people that follow it maybe more closely than you or I do, the rest of the class, we'll talk ourselves into it, but we're not you know, enamored with them just yet. Speaking of college football, as a guy who is a college football fan and covers the team in the AFC West, your thoughts on jo- uh, Jim Harbaugh joining the LA Chargers? Well, I think mine are similar to when I saw Justin Herbert's comments. Uh, I think he was talking to Trey Wingo. That this is a guy that's just won. And what's funny is Jim Harbaugh is certainly quirky, right? But I haven't yet talked to anybody that worked with him or played for him that doesn't like him. You know, his guys are loyal to him and have appreciated their time with him, whether it was with the Niners before that or certainly now at, at Michigan. And so I think that he figures out how to win. He empowers his coaches around him. At the same time, that's been the most injured organization you can think of. You know, Melvin Gordon, we had him for a couple of years, and I talked to him about the different lines he played behind, and every Sunday it was like a tackle's out, a guard's out, what a, for years. Uh, you know, the most consistent they were was with Phillip Rivers and LT when they were kind of rolling there. Uh, but that was a shorter window than you realize. Phillip kept him competitive, and, and Ladanian was really good for a, a bunch of years. I don't know if that luck changes or if they're snake-bitten, but Jim Harbaugh figures out how to win, even at Michigan. He finally figured out how to beat Ohio State. He wins a national championship, and in a division that already has the best player in the league with – one of the three or four best coaches ever. And the Raiders are certainly interesting with some of their talent. And Antonio Pierce has that locker room on his side. They obviously have quarterback questions too. It's not going to get easier with Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers. So I think that the AFC West will continue to be a slugfest and one of the toughest divisions in football. Finally, are your Kansas Jayhawks going to win the national championship? Well, we can't even beat BYU with a 12-point lead at home. I love your passion, brother. I love it. It's, it's frustrating. And you're watching BYU make... 12 threes in the game. You're like, why can't we get one of those guys to transfer? We made three threes in the game. Kansas has a really good starting five, but their best player, Kevin McCullers, out. I did see where your orange are certainly trending towards uh, a tournament. Looking a little better. A tournament, you know, opportunity. And you know how it is once you get in. Shoot, 
We saw Miami in the Final Four, San Diego State in the Final Four, uh, Florida. FAU? If Florida Atlanta can get there, how do, how do Kansas and Syracuse not know how to get to the Final Four? And we know there's a little bit of luck and health, but it won't surprise me if they're in Phoenix. It also won't surprise me if they lose the second game of the tournament. You going to Phoenix? I have tickets booked. And maybe I'll be there helping out Fox Sports Radio and, and iHeartRadio and, and my station in Denver. Or I'll just be watching it at home in Rocky's opening weekend, which they'll probably already be like 2-5 and five at that point, but they'll have a home game on that Friday. But I'm planning on it. Fingers crossed I'll be in Phoenix. Hey, buddy, always great catching up with you, man. Thank you so much for coming over. I will see you in Orlando at the owners' meetings. I will see you there. Absolutely. We'll be there. We'll, uh, we'll hang out and we'll talk a little bit more. And by then, we'll have some more resolution on... You know, obviously what's going to happen with the quarterback position with the Broncos. Certainly where they are with Russ and have they added some sort of veteran free agent. We'll know by then, absolutely. Brandon Cristal, KOA Radio in Denver. Let's take a time out here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Oh, man. Josh made after my own heart playing a little Goo Goo Dolls. Of course, Buffalo Band. That's Broadway. Apparently that song is about Broadway in Buffalo. Did you know that, Zach Jones? I did not. Yes, Broadway is dark tonight. Yep, that is Johnny Resnick. I believe Johnny wrote it, but it is apparently about Broadway in Buffalo. And that was the inspiration for the song Broadway by the Goo Goo Dolls right there. So thanks a lot, Josh, for doing that. Got me fired up here at the NFL Scouting Combine. Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones. We just had Brandon Cristal on from Denver. Yeah, really interesting with the Broncos because this is... A situation where they don't have a young guy waiting in the wings, right, Zach? I mean, if they, they're going to trade Russell Wilson. They're, that's going to yeah. happen. Or release him, I guess, right? They're going to release Russell Wilson, I guess. I, whatever it is. They're, he's not going to be on the roster. And then they have nobody. <laughs> uh, okay, so what do you do? And they're picking 12. They're not picking third. They're interesting. They're a team. It's, it's them and Minnesota, who coincidentally is at 11, right ahead of them. J.J. McCarthy mm. is, is one of the few top-end guys that's throwing at the combine. Really, it's it's the three after the big three. You think Penix, he's a top-end guy? I, I do, Sal. I am finding out more and more, though, that I'm not totally alone in liking McCarthy. I think his biggest problem is he went to Michigan. They don't throw the ball a ton. They didn't mm. have really a ton mm-hmm. of weapons. It's, you know, it really was Roman Wilson was their only big wide receiver. He has a lot of traits NFL teams like. He can throw really well on the run. Good size. He needs to, you know, get bulkier. Good arm. He can kind of throw at every angle. He's athletic, and I don't totally take a ton of credence in this, but I do know the NFL still does. He won a ton in college, and difference from Penix and Knicks, he's young. He's, I think, going to be 21 throughout his entire rookie year. Where Penix and Knicks are both going to be 24 years old. Penix with a ton of injuries. Knicks just, it's both a positive and a negative that he holds the record for the most career starts in college. I think McCarthy's going to be a guy that's a top 15 pick. I really, really do. Well, there's a difference between being a top 15 pick and he might be and actually succeeding. Mm-hmm. I have my question marks about him. And I'm not so sure. I, 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 but you're right. I think it might be a Michigan bias. Not that I don't like Michigan. I, I do like Michigan. I'm fine with Michigan. But just the offense they run, the athletes that are surrounding him, having the roster he's had, I, that is interesting. What, okay, here's one for you. This guy's not going in the draft. With everything you just said, what would you feel about Kyle McCord at Ohio State? Because he's now at Syracuse. He's, at Syracuse. he's the Syracuse now. starting quarterback now. You know what's funny? When that happened, I was like, that's such a huge get for Syracuse. 
but it was good for Ohio State to move on from him. I just his yeah. throwing motion is so it looks uncomfortable, Sal. It really, really does. But I think mm-hmm. he is a great quarterback for Syracuse to have, and kind of with this new wave, great recruiting that's coming in. I think he's going to do yeah. really, really well there. I really do. It's just when you play at Ohio State with the athletes that he had. I mean, we're of course we're talking about. Marvin Harrison Jr., but Amike Abuka, who is staying in college, yep. he could have come out this year and been one of the top guys. That's where he kind of ran into trouble. Is he just he did not put up the numbers? C.J. Stroud did. Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, obviously not the level of you know, either of them, I guess. But still, the book is out on you know Justin Fields. They, we'll we'll see what happens with a lot of the quarterback carousel. I know. The last few years we've had this, we even do a show called The Quarterback Carousel and show up with the Bulldog and we kind of predict. I do think there's going to be some movement, though. You, you do touch on another one. You know, Kirk Cousins, Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know, what do they wind up doing? He's coming off that injury, too. That's really tough for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only going to get you so... Kirk Cousins is one of those guys where if you get him, you're like, okay, we can win some games now, but I don't know if we can win a Super Bowl. You know, and I don't know if that's yeah. the spot you want to be, right? Pittsburgh's an interesting team, too, because uh, Brandon mentioned them as possible for Russell Wilson. I don't know. It feels like something maybe that they wouldn't do. I think that Mike Tomlin, to me, seems like the kind of guy that wants to keep rolling with, hey, Kenny Pickett's our guy. We're going we're gonna to see this through. But at the same time, if that there is their plan, I don't know how much more you can expect to get out of the Pittsburgh Steelers other than what you saw last year and what you see almost every year, which is, Team that goes 500, wins some games, and then goes out in the first round. Yeah, I mean, like they're going to be frustrating as hell the entire regular season because they'll win games they really shouldn't. They drag games into the mud. I think with the Kenny Pickett situation, it feels like that is the Rooney family and, and the Steelers itself desperately trying to make the Pittsburgh Panther quarterback work. He won them an ACC title. He was a fifth year, or he played college for five years. And the Rooney still own the Steelers. They remember passing on Dan Marino. I think they are just so desperate to make a Pitt Panther at quarterback work for the Steelers. <laughs> even if, like, Sal, he had truly one good year at college. He had multiple seasons of under under 20 touchdown passes. In his final year, he finally threw over that. He had, like, 43. He was, he was very, very good statistically. But then, like, now, two years into the Steelers, he's yet to throw double-digit touchdown passes. And, and some of that yeah. sure has been Matt Canada at OC. I I will not well, I will not say it's not, but he's had guys like George Pickens there, Deontay Johnson. Like it's not like he's like had no weapons to throw to. Pat, Pat Fry move. If, if they do move on, if they do go with someone else, it's funny you mentioned OC. Arthur Smith is there. I wonder if Ryan Tannehill becomes in play for them. He was pretty good under Arthur mm-hmm. Smith with the Tennessee Titans. Pretty good. I mean, like when he got there with Tennessee, like Tannehill went from like a forgotten guy who with Miami to all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, he's actually putting up numbers comparable to Mahomes over like a 15-game period. So maybe right. I, you know, his time in Tennessee obviously is done, and it would, it would just be the most Pittsburgh Steeler thing ever of like to not actually go to a young quarterback, to not move up in the draft and get a little wild. It would be like, no, no, we're going to go for the old 35-year-old guy. I think Kirk Cousins also would fit there because it's the same thing. Like He comes in, he throws a ton of yards, puts up points, doesn't really win a ton of games, but... He's a veteran. He'll 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 let us win now, kind of deal. Vinny Bond, senior of Raider Nation Radio, is going to join me from here at the NFL Scouting Combine. After this timeout, we'll step away for a moment. Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones, is the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show here on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 